Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This is episode number 31 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, the podcast that takes a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. I'm your boy Leroy, and I'm coming at you straight out of my closet with a tale for all you pet lovers out there. This one's going to be different, but very enjoyable as all these episodes are, right? Have I ever steered you wrong in the past? Of course not. I received a cool little message from Crystal. She's a listener of the show, and I wanted to share it with you guys. She said, I love this podcast. Thank you. Always nice to hear. She then goes on to say, My five-year-old rides with me on Fridays to work. Mama, are we going to listen to that crazy guy I like so much? He's talking about Leroy Luna. He's been collecting gnomes for the house and outside. I love that so much. I found out her son's name is Levi Blaze, so I want to give a huge shout out to you, Levi. You know, you're probably the youngest listener of this show. My boys are six and four. They listen to the beginning, dance and jive to the music a bit, but quickly lose interest. They'd much rather watch YouTube videos. Anyways, keep collecting those lawn gnomes, Levi. Steal them from your neighbor's houses when they're not looking. You're not 18 yet, so even if you get caught, I promise you, you won't even do any jail time, bro. It's perfect. Just kidding. Stay in school and all that uh, good stuff. And thanks for listening, big guy. I appreciate it. All right, moving on. It's joke time. I received this one from Judy, and it literally made me laugh out loud, so here goes. Why can't Miss Piggy count to 70? Because every time she gets to 69, she gets a frog in her throat. Ribbit. (laughs) Hey, Levi, you may not have understood that one. Just ask your mom. She'll explain it to you, buddy. That's going to be an awkward car ride. 
Yeah, baby. You know what that sound means? Everybody hop in the minivan and let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with another tale of low-level true crime. Don't worry, my friends. I promise to get you back home in time to let the dog out to take a dump. number 31. Dude, where's my dog? Dogs are great companions, aren't they? Loyal, happy, friendly, non-judgmental. I've always been a dog person, so when my wife and I first started living together, we decided to get one. She wanted a small dog, while I wanted a larger one myself. We compromised. I said, fine, we'll get a little one, but we ain't getting no dainty thing. It has to be badass. So naturally, we ended up getting a pug. And she was the best. It took a bit to get used to her snoring. She actually snored louder when she was awake than when she was asleep. After a while, though, it almost became soothing. We named her Bernice, and she quickly ruled our household. We were proud parents and loved her like you'd love a child. Or at least we thought. Once we had actual children, we realized nothing compares to the love you feel for your kids. At least that was the case for us. Sorry, Bernice. Just spouting facts. But we were loving parents to burn. We'd take her to the dog park, she slept in our bedroom, she'd cozy up with us on the couch while we watched TV. My wife would even sign us up for these pug-a-lug events. Groan. I remember one time we went to this Halloween party. It was just a bunch of pugs dressed up, hobbling around, snorting and bumping into each other. Pretty hilarious. Bernice was dressed up as a sexy biker that year. She wore a Harley Davidson shirt. It was a low-cut top, cleavage spilling out everywhere with a cute leather hat with a little brim on it. No pants, adding to the sexiness, I guess. As we were getting out of the car to walk into the place, my wife sprung the good news on me. Oh yeah, I signed you up to be the gatekeeper, so we get in for free. What? I thought to myself. I'm so glad we could save that $5 entry fee. I couldn't be too angry though. With my petite frame, this was the closest thing I'd ever become to being a bouncer. The gatekeeper's job was to stand by the front entrance for the entire three hours and make sure while people were coming and going, none of the dogs wandered out of the place on their own accord. It was a simple but important job. Dogs are part of the family, so if any of them were to escape or go missing, one can only imagine how devastating that would be. Okay. Today we are headed to beautiful, sunny San Francisco. A little more than 875,000 people call San Fran their home. It is the fourth largest city, population-wise, in the state of California, beaten only by Los Angeles, San Diego, and San Jose. Normally I'd tell you a bit about the city and what it has to offer, but since it's so large, we're going to narrow it down to the small neighborhood where our story takes place. And that is DuBose Triangle. I want to call it the DeBose Triangle, but no one seems to add a the in front of it. It just feels unnatural. Anywho, I was surfing the web and ended up on a site called Niche.com. They seem to think DeBose Triangle is the bee's knees, giving it an A-plus rating. 
Here is their brief description of the place. DuBose Triangle is a neighborhood in San Francisco, California, with a population of 5,173. DuBose Triangle is in San Francisco County and is one of the best places to live in California. Living in DuBose Triangle offers residents a dense urban feel, and most residents rent their homes. In DuBose Triangle, there are a lot of bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and parks. Many young professionals live in DuBose Triangle, and residents tend to be liberal. The public schools in DuBose Triangle are above average. DuBose Triangle, DuBose Triangle, DuBose Triangle. How many times can I say this damn name? It does sound like a nice, trendy little neighborhood. There's lots to do and see in DuBose Triangle. There's parks, coffee shops, bike trails, typical stuff. But there are also a couple cool places that might pique your interest. There's the Brewcade Arcade Bar, which recently changed its name to The Detour. They have old school games like Pac-Man and Street Fighter to play, pinball machines, they serve up pizza pies, alcoholic beverages, and if you like things a little more quiet, you can even grab a seat outside on the patio and play some chess. Hell yeah! There's also the Little Free Library on No Street. They go by the Honor System. Very cool. It's basically just a big bookshelf in an alcove between two apartment buildings where you can donate and borrow books, returning them at your leisure. No library card required. They also have a chalkboard where you can write fun, inspirational messages. A wholesome community thing, funded by donations from people in the community. I dove into this idea a little further and was surprised to find out about 15,000 of these exist worldwide. Does this mean I'm the only one who hasn't heard of this? I was also saddened to see this specific location no longer exists as of July 2016, a couple years before the events in our story will take place. You're probably thinking, then why the hell are you even talking about it, Leroy? Great question. It gives us some added insight as to the kind of place DuBose Triangle is. We've heard nothing but rave reviews so far, but in the two and a half years the little free library was in service, it was set on fire and completely stolen on two separate occasions. After the second time this happened, they decided to call it quits. Here's what was said on a note where the bookshelves, books, and chalkboard once stood. Little free library closed. The library was stolen for the second time. After this theft, the arson, and the vandalism, it is time to say goodbye. Supporters and champions, thank you. That's unfortunate. The message board on this story was getting lit up. Here's an interaction I stumbled across. It starts off with SF Native 74 saying, I'm tired of these a-holes making this city as miserable as they are. We need to face these people when they are defacing things. Breaking windows, stealing bikes, dropping trash on the street, intimidating innocent people. I'm pissed off and done with these effers ruining our city. You mentioned a plethora of petty crimes there. Don't get me excited. Rob followed that up adding, The degenerates that are permitted to roam this city make me sick. Go away already. Hales from SF interjected with a reasonable question. How do you know it wasn't a neighbor who objects to these type of libraries? Ooh, I like it. I like where she's headed with that one. And an anonymous person fired back saying, If you lived in the neighborhood, you wouldn't be asking that question. Trust me. So there you have it. While this neighborhood is charming, hip, and wholesome at first glance, we are starting to see some cracks in the foundation. They did a count in 2019 and found that there were 8,035 homeless individuals either living on the streets or in shelters in San Francisco. That's a lot. 
and some of these people can trickle into these small neighborhoods from time to time. And I'm not saying the homeless are to blame for most crimes. The free library could have easily been vandalized by teenagers, but there's definitely some bad apples in the bunch. I'm also not saying all homeless people are drug addicts or degenerates. There's a lot of good people who have just fallen on hard times. There's also mental illness, a variety of factors at play. I believe Forrest Gump said it best, quote, Homeless people are like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, end quote. Desperate people do desperate things. And on that note, this is a perfect time to transition into our featured story. Let's join Stephanie Lee and her little dude Philo. It is late April 2018, and they are out for a stroll on this warm spring night. A couple things to note about Philo. Philo is a dog, a pug to be precise. He's 12 years old, and while he still has a friendly, positive attitude, he's seen better days. He's deaf, can't hear a damn thing, and has battled with cancer in the past, which has unfortunately left him blind in one eye. Poor little guy. Stephanie is a fantastic dog owner, though, much more attentive than most. Her and Philo are two peas in a pod. They spend a lot of time together. Stephanie, quote, We travel. I'm able to take him to work every day. I would say he's my soulmate. End quote. Amazing. I love that. So they're out walking and Stephanie decides to pop into Whole Foods. This is located on Market Street. She ties Philo to a post before she goes in to grab some items. I've never been the type to tie my dog to a tree or post. It always just felt weird. No judgment. Lots of people do it. And Stephanie takes Philo everywhere. And unfortunately, dogs aren't welcome in most establishments. So that's something she has to do from time to time. It was a fairly busy night. She says there were other dogs, some people chilling on a picnic table close by. No big deal, right? Well, life is all about timing, good and bad. And Stephanie's timing on this particular night would be the latter. While she's shopping in the Whole Foods, a homeless woman gets kicked out of the store. They had suspected her of stealing earlier that night. So she gets the boot and takes off in a huff. She is fired up. We'll come back to her in a bit. Stephanie, meanwhile... Grabs her items from the Whole Foods store. She was inside 15, maybe 20 minutes. And when she comes out, it's a ghost town. The people have disappeared, and more importantly, so have the dogs. All of them, including Philo. This sets off Stephanie into full-blown panic mode. He would never try to escape. So where could her little guy be? She needs to figure out what happened, and fast. So she speaks to Whole Food employees, and eventually they are able to play back footage on their security cameras. It wasn't the best view, so they also checked the cameras from a building next door. Stephanie looks on in horror as she sees a stranger, a woman about 5'7 with frizzy blonde hair, walk up to Philo, bend down and untie his leash and walk off with him down Market Street, carrying him like a football. As you can guess, this is the thieving homeless woman who was kicked out of Whole Foods that we discussed earlier. This is terrible. But at least now Stephanie has a lead, something to go on in her search for her precious pug. Stephanie told police what happened, but let's face it, if she wants to get Philo back, and in a timely fashion, she's going to have to take matters into her own hands. That's no hate to the police department. They just have a lot on their plate, more pressing issues. Stephanie also has it in the back of her mind that Philo takes cancer medication that he needs daily, so time is of the essence. Instead of going back home and crying into her pillow like a lot of people would, she steps up to the plate in a big way. Before we continue, I just gotta say, Stephanie's determination is inspiring. Pets are part of our families. We can all say if our pet went missing, we'd do this and we'd do that, leave no stone unturned. But would we, though? 
I guess you never know until you're in that situation. Aside from posting flyers, what can you really do? Life goes on. We have work and other responsibilities to tend to. Stephanie, however, puts her life completely on hold. She takes time off work, only gets two, maybe three hours of sleep per day during this ordeal. Like she said before, Philo isn't just a pet. He's her soulmate. Stephanie canvasses the neighborhood and also talks to employees at a nearby store. Quote, I figured out from these sources she's homeless, she's mentally unstable, and oftentimes goes into the store to steal alcohol. End quote. Stephanie cruises the streets looking for Philo and or the homeless lady, but is getting nowhere. She also prints up flyers. She offers up a $5,000 reward for his safe return, no questions asked. Sets up a website called findmypug.com where the leads start rolling in. Steph's a busy lady and not one to sit on her thumbs. She's doing interviews, she's on the news, she sets up a Facebook group. Here's another quote. I feel like a big part of me is missing right now and I just want to reunite with him and be able to take him home. I can't imagine how scared he is right now. End quote. Steph's got her eggs in many baskets. Something's got to give eventually, you would think. Philo's been microchipped as well, something I didn't know much about. American Kennel Club quote, A microchip is a radio frequency identification transponder that carries a unique identification number and is roughly the size of a grain of rice. When the microchip is scanned by a vet or shelter, it transmits the ID number. There's no battery, no power required, and no moving parts. The microchip is injected under the loose skin between your dog's shoulder blades and can be done in your vet's office. It's no more invasive than a trigger warning here. Vaccination. Ah! Um, so if he's found on the street and taken to the vet or a shelter and they scan him, all of Stephanie's info, address, phone number, etc. is on there and she'll get alerted. A lot of stuff on the go, but that's not enough for our girl Steph. In a huge act of bravery, she's also checking out homeless encampments, asking people for information. There's this one area that runs along Highway 101 called the... <sighs> Sorry, I had something caught in my throat there. Where was I? She checks out this area called the Hairball. I looked into this one further. In 2017, a guy named Steve Sanders, I guess he attached a GoPro to his head or something, he videotaped his commute to work on this bike path along Highway 101, and he threw it up on YouTube. It's crazy. Sad. He's riding along, and he's passing tarps, pylons, cardboard boxes, shopping carts. He can barely fit through some parts of the path. There's all these temporary makeshift homes, homeless people just standing there doing their thing. It's tragic and scary, and I'm sure potentially very dangerous. All these people with nowhere to go, and you just gotta pass right by them. It's like they're obstacles, minor inconveniences on this guy's commute to work. It can be a cruel, cruel world, unfortunately. Yeah, these are the sketchy places she enters in search of her dog. It's cool how the community kind of came together, people from all walks of life to help Stephanie in her search. Most of the people she talked to were very kind, just trying to lend a helping hand. Some info that she got from these people were that the dog napper is a loner and can be very unpredictable. She likes to walk along Fisherman's Wharf and the Embarcadero. With that in mind, Stephanie and a couple friends start driving around those areas around 3 in the morning, trying to catch a glimpse of her, but to no avail. False leads were coming in from all over, and Stephanie started to feel like a dog chasing her own tail. Finally, though, her persistence paid off. One morning when she was at the Embarcadero, I had to look up what that meant. According to Wikipedia, San Francisco Embarcadero, 
The Embarcadero is the eastern waterfront and roadway of the Port of San Francisco along San Francisco Bay. It was constructed on reclaimed land along a three-mile-long engineered seawall from which piers extend into the bay. Okay, still don't really get it. But she was there in the morning talking to people and handing out breakfast burritos. Oh yeah. She knows these people are hungry and she comes bearing gifts. Good move. She ends up giving her last burrito to a homeless man named Daryl, who she's somewhat familiar with. She's spoken to him in the past, and this guy's cool as hell. He gives Stephanie some big-time news. He saw the frizzy-haired thief earlier that morning in a nearby park. He escorts her to the area where he'd spotted her, and as luck would have it, that nappy-haired dog napper was still there. What? Yeah, now we're getting somewhere. This is huge. Stephanie, quote, it was a very surreal moment to be able to talk to someone who has basically taken your family member away from you. I had been searching for her for a week. End quote. I bet. Unfortunately, this unstable woman no longer had Philo with her. Stephanie is a better person than myself. As soon as I saw her, I would have been tempted to kick her right in the crotch. But she stays composed and just attempts to pump her for as much information as she can. The lady talked a bunch of nonsense, but what she did gather from her was she went to Oakland for a few days and ended up just giving Philo away to some stranger, or so she says. It is believed that she traded the pooch for drugs or a little bit of cash, most likely. That is what I assumed her intentions were all along. No offense to Philo, but I imagine a deaf, partially blind, elderly pug doesn't fetch much on the streets. This lady, though, what a selfish turd. That's all the help they got from her. Stephanie called the police, and to my knowledge, she was never punished for her misdeeds, at most getting a slap on the wrist. Stephanie didn't bother pursuing charges against her at this point. Fila was a victim of opportunity. It was nothing personal. And Stephanie needed to focus what little energy she had left on finding him. In Oakland. Ugh. I mean, Oakland wasn't far away, but it's a city on the east side of San Francisco Bay with a population of a little over 425,000 people. A needle in a haystack. She was certainly going to have her work cut out for her. Thankfully, she still had Daryl. He volunteered to escort her through some of the homeless encampments, soup kitchens, places like that in Oakland. Spots where the frizzy-haired lady most likely hung out on her three-day holiday. Daryl knows the ropes, how these places work, and he could help keep Stephanie safe. After all, she is a pretty, petite woman, and these places likely held some unsavory characters. What a great dude Daryl is. Unselfish, a dog lover who just wanted to help out. They handed out flyers, talked to some good people who tagged along with them. Before long, they formed a small crew that was going out there helping get the word out. They started getting leads, people saying they'd spotted Philo. One lady, Yvonne Manuel, thought she'd seen Philo at Frank Ogawa Plaza. Quote, I saw a small pug tethered to this wrought iron fence, and he was shivering. He looked a little disoriented and scared, so I was a little concerned, end quote. That may have been Philo, but who knows. In my experience with pugs, most of them look scared and confused. It's kind of their thing. People would always walk up to my sweet little Bernice when we were out for a stroll and give her that sympathetic pity look before asking to pet her. It always irritated the hell out of me. After receiving a lot of info that led nowhere, Stephanie got a phone call. The phone call she'd been waiting for. Bring, bring. Hello? I have your dog, a man said on the other line. He didn't sound quite that sinister, I'm sure. He told her to come meet him at the police station. 
sounded legit, but Stephanie was still skeptical. That is until she got to the station and sure enough, the dude had Philo. She was ecstatic, but concerned at the same time. Philo was looking a little worse for wear. She immediately took him to the vet to get checked out. He was hungry and seemed a little shaken, not stirred. But other than that, he was okay. Imagine what he had been through during this 12-day fiasco. I imagine he wasn't exactly living high off the hog, perhaps receiving a few scraps here and there, and being passed around like a hot potato. Fortunately, Philo made a full recovery, and eventually was back to 100%. Yep, it was a miracle. His hearing came back, he developed 20-20 vision, it was crazy. I kid, I kid. But he did get back to being 100% of the 30% that he was originally running on. Persistence paid off for Stephanie, and it was great to see a happy ending to this heartwarming story. When asked about her incredible and exhausting journey to find Philo, she said, quote, Giving up was never an option for me. He is my family. You do whatever it takes to keep family together. End quote. Great stuff. Okay, it's time to celebrate good times. Come on. Stephanie set up a large get-together in Dubose Park, which was just a hop, skip, and a jump from where this whole nightmare began. Neighbors, supporters, friends old and new, and dogs. Lots and lots of dogs were in attendance. In a classy move, the Whole Foods from which Philo was taken, well, they provided all the snacks for the soiree. There was even music, and a good time was had by all. Stephanie, quote, The biggest gift is, of course, having Philo back in my life, but also meeting other people from San Francisco from all walks of life, all these new friends from the community, end quote. There were a few bad apples in this story, but lots of good people as well. It really gives you a glimmer of hope for humanity. When the party ended, everyone went their separate ways, and they all lived happily ever after. The end. On that fairy tale ending note, we are back. That's a wrap on episode number 31. Dude, where's my dog? I hope you enjoyed that crazy adventure as much as I did. Let's dedicate this one to Philo, and Stephanie, and Daryl, and everyone else who lent a helping hand. You know, this world would be a much better place if we treated each other with dignity and respect, no matter what our differences may be. Pick people up instead of putting them down, and help people out when we saw they were in need. As always, I want to thank Steffi for voicing the disclaimer, the operator for providing the sweet, sweet theme music, and my boo for editing this episode. It's listener confession time, baby. So, let's get criminal, criminal, I wanna get criminal. Hello, Leroy, my name's Patrick, I'm calling from, I'm not calling, I'm making a voice recording from Vancouver, British Columbia. I I just listened to uh, Cynthia's little tale about her husband getting in trouble, and I too am rather addicted to other people's misery through true crime podcasts and it's really nice to have a light-hearted one so love the show uh my story goes back to when i was in grade six years old back then our elementary school ends at grade six so i was getting ready to graduate from my first elementary school and i had very good marks i, I was a good student a little bit too talkative and a little bit mischievous though kind of behind the line or in between the lines and uh 
during the springtime, towards the end of the school year, these local community baseball leagues or softball leagues set up porta potties on the school grounds on our in the corners of our field. And uh, my particular friend group got in the habit of tossing or tipping these over during lunch and recess periods, like <laughs> like we'd never get caught or something. And we even tipped them over like door side down with somebody in it once. Um, anyways, nevertheless, the the school ended up calling the police to sh- set an example, and and they scared the crap out of us. They took us out of class and they brought us all into the computer room for some reason and sat us down. And this constable told us about you know what we could be charged with if they decided to and they obviously didn't end up doing anything there was no real harm done except a little bit of cleanup I suppose but uh, the funny thing is it was so close to the end of the school year and because of my just I guess academic record and my and my uh, I don't know I was involved with a lot of things at the school at the time I was actually awarded a, a merit um, award of what is it like a, a just a, a an award for student merit and I had shared it with another boy and they had already uh engraved the the award at this point so they ended up giving it to me anyway even though we got in so much trouble uh just weeks before anyways uh thanks again Leroy we'll talk to you soon love the show hey my first elementary school only went to grade six as well crazy I hated that I had to leave most of my friends and enter new territory for the seventh and eighth grade it's terrible Porta potty tipping, the best. It's always one of my fears when entering one of those things. Getting tipped over, urine and feces splashing everywhere. Disgusting. Thanks, Patrick, for sharing those softcore shenanigans. If you want to share one of your stories with us, email me at excuse me that's illegal at gmail.com and we'll make it happen. Okay, before we get out of here, I have a promo to play for you from a show called the Murder Mile UK True Crime Podcast. Murder Mile is hosted by my very British friend Michael. And he dives into stories of murder and mystery from London's West End. Each episode is an experience, I'm telling you. I love it. Michael's sharp, witty, and tells a pretty mean story. I'll step aside and let him tell you all about his podcast in a moment. As for myself, I'll meet back up with you in another 10 days with more Minor League Madness. Peace. Alright, take it away, Michael. Hey friends, I'm Michael, host of the Murder Mile UK True Crime Podcast. I would be delighted if you joined me every Thursday for a walk through the untold, unsolved and long-forgotten murders of London's West End. Featuring hundreds of fascinating true crime tales you won't hear anywhere else. If you're looking for something different, the award-winning and highly acclaimed Murder Mile UK True Crime Podcast is researched used in the original police files. It's presented as a dramatization. Each episode is crafted as a labor of love, and it focuses on the victims' lives in an honest, detailed, and sympathetic way. Season five has just begun, so why not treat yourself 
to more than 150 episodes. If that sounds like your cup of tea, search for the Murder Mile UK True Crime Podcast. Thank you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.